Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The uh, particle lift that was taken from the defendant, Alex Murdoch. So, one particle lift was collected from his right hand and one from his left hand. One particle characteristic of gunshot primer residue was found. It's a recap of week three of the Alec Murdoch murder trial, and bombshell testimony from a caretaker and housekeeper may have changed this whole case. Welcome to Sidebar, presented by Law & Crime. I'm Jesse Weber. Well, it's another week and a lot more to talk about in the Alec Murdoch trial. The former renowned South Carolina attorney is accused of murdering his wife, Maggie, and son, Paul, by shooting them to death in June 2021 on their family property. The defense has insisted that the circumstantial evidence doesn't line up against their client and that he had no reason to kill them. Week three in the can. Let's do a recap. Five major moments that went down in court. And first up, big win for the prosecution. Judge Clifton Newman allowed the financial crimes evidence to come in. You see, the motive put forward by the prosecution is that at the time of the killings, Murdoch was about to be exposed. There were inquiries into his finances. It was going to be revealed that he had been stealing money from his law firms, from his clients. And one of the big issues was he was also facing a multi-million dollar lawsuit stemming from a 2019 boat crash that killed teenager Mallory Beach. His son, Paul, was allegedly the drunk driver of the boat. So was he stealing money? Was he hiding money? Well, as a way to draw attention away from all of that, by himself sometime, he killed his family. That's the theory put forward by the prosecution. Now, the defense has maintained that this motive doesn't make sense. It's not connected to the murders and that by allowing in all of this evidence about alleged financial crimes, it is going to prejudice the jury against their client. Well, the judge didn't quite agree with the defense. I find that the jury is entitled to consider whether the apparent desperation of Mr. Murdoch because of his dire financial situation, uh, the threat of being exposed uh, for committing uh, the crimes which he was later charged with, uh, resulted in the commission of the alleged crimes. While motive is not a necessary element, the state must prove malice and evidence of motive may be used to prove it. And in this case, since the identity of the perpetrator is a critical element that must be proven beyond a reasonable doubt, evidence of motive may be used in an attempt to meet that burden. Now, it should be noted that the jury is to be instructed that they can't consider this as propensity evidence, right? Well, Murdoch, he's a bad guy. He stole money. He lied. Then he must have killed his family. That's not allowed. That's not the connection the jury can make. The jury can't do that. The evidence is only to be allowed in and to be considered by the jury as a way to show the intent behind him killing his family. And with that, we heard from some critical witnesses. 
One witness, the CFO of Alec Murdoch's former law firm, who confronted him on the day of the killings, hours before Maggie and Paul were killed, about missing money. When we went in his office, I said, I told him, I said, I have reason to believe that you received the fairest money directly to you, and you need to prove to me that you did not. And um, he assured me again that the money was in there. I told him I still needed to see the ledgers or proof that it was. After the murders happened, was anybody at all concerned about getting the proof for those missing fees after those murders happened at that point in time? We weren't because we were concerned about Alec. Um, he wasn't working a whole lot. He was um, erratic. We knew he was taking pills. Um, we were just worried about his sanity, so we weren't going to go in there and harass him about money when we were worried about his mental state and the fact that this, his family had been killed. Then there was Alec's former paralegal who testified about missing fees. She thought maybe Alec just misplaced the checks, that he was kind of a whirling dervish. He was all over the place. Well, again, what happened with those inquiries? Did, that, did the law firm community rally to the aid of the defendant? They did. Was that the primary focus of on everybody's mind in oh, the aftermath? Absolutely. Were you at all concerned about finding out what happened to these Ferris fees after that happened? What Ferris fees? <laughs> and she would testify that she would discover months after the killings that Murdoch was allegedly not telling the truth and stealing money because she discovered one of those missing checks. And then there's Mark Tinsley. Tinsley is the civil lawyer that was representing the Beach family in the boating crash lawsuit. He was pursuing a wrongful death lawsuit against Alec Murdoch. But once again the timing becomes key. On your assessment of the boat case and how everything fit together, uh, if things were how they initially appeared? Uh, it would have affected, I mean, it, it, yes, it did, and it would, have, it would have ended the case. It would have ended the case against who? Against Alex Murdoch. And explain that to the jury. Why? What had changed after this terrible tragedy? Well, when you have a civil case, um, if you nice people get good verdicts, okay, just generally speaking. Yes, sir. Uh, nice people get good verdicts. Uh, you, you, you really have to motivate uh, a jury to want to help somebody in a civil case. And so if you compared, say, Attila the Hun with some sweet grandmother, who gets a better result? It's the sweet grandmother. If Alec is the victim of a vigilante, Nobody's going to hold him accountable. doesn't make any difference what he did or how clearly what he did contributed. Uh, the case would be over against Alec. This is also important. It's important because as a result of the deaths, what happened? The inquiries stopped. If you believe the prosecution's motive that he killed his family to buy himself time, to stop the questions, to prevent his exposure, to gain sympathy, you have to say... Well, in a way, it worked. Now, another major moment in week three was the testimony of Michelle Shelley Smith. She was the caretaker of Alec's mother who had Alzheimer's. Now, remember what Alec's alibi was on the night of the killings. His alibi was that on the night of the killings, the family had a dinner. He stayed inside while Paul and Maggie went down to the kennels. He took a nap. 
and then went to visit his sick mother, then came back to the property where he found his family dead. So Smith says when he showed up, he was fidgety. Okay, well, then again on cross, she said, this just might be who Alec is. He was always that kind of way. She did say it was unusual for him to visit that late. Then again, his father was sick in the hospital, could argue it was a difficult time for him. But this is really the critical moment. How long was Alec Murdoch at his parents' home? And what did Alec Murdoch allegedly want Smith to say about how long he was at the house? How long did he stay in the room with y'all? I say y'all, for the record, you and Miss Libby, I apologize. About 15 to 20 minutes, 20 minutes. He was telling you or saying to you that he was at the house? Mm-hmm. When? Um, the night of the murders. The, the night. night of the murders? Yes. What was he telling you about that he was at the house the night of the murders? That he'd been there 30 to 40 minutes. And uh, what did he say about your marriage, your upcoming potential marriage? I heard you was getting married. I said, yes. He said, if I could, um, you just let me know because the wedding's going to be expensive. I said, well, thank you. The wedding's going to be expensive? He said, wedding's going to be expensive. I said, well, thank you. Did he offer to help? Yes, he offered. He offered. That's the type of person, a good person. And have you ever mentioned the wedding to you before? No. Mm-mm. So the idea here being he was trying to not only get her to say he was at the house longer, but seemingly was trying to buy her off. Or, as the defense would ask under Cross, maybe he was just being a nice guy. That's something for the jury to consider. She also testified that after the killing, she observed Alec Murdoch carrying what she thought was a blue tarp into the home. Prosecution says it was actually a blue raincoat. Defense says no. She said it's a tarp, which was also recovered from the parents' home. It's going to be, again, up to a jury to decide what she actually saw. But why is a blue raincoat so important? We'll listen to forensic scientist Megan Fletcher from the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division, or SLED. And what, after your examination, what were your results? Particles characteristic of gunshot primer residue were also found on the interior of this jacket. Is there a certain number or, or could you have kept checking and checking? Was there a lot of gunshot primer residue inside the inside of the jacket? I would say there were a significant significant number of particles uh, of particles characteristic of gunshot primer residue on the inside of this jacket. Yes. How many did you determine? I I confirmed thirty eight particles characteristic. At least thirty eight gunshot residue particles were found on the inside of the jacket. This jacket allegedly stashed away at the Murdoch's parent and Murdoch's parents' home. And she would say it is consistent with someone using the jacket to wrap up a gun. Now, by the way, that's not the only place where they found GSR. GSR was found on Murdoch's hands, shorts, T-shirt, seatbelt. Now, the defense made a good point because they said this expert couldn't say how or when the GSR was transferred, which is important because this is a family that had a lot of guns and would hunt. How unusual is it for there to be GSR? I will also say that Agent Fletcher testified that the white shirt that Murdoch was wearing had a strong smell of detergent. The idea here being, did he clean his shirt to get rid of biological evidence? Well, let's move on to another major witness, and that was the Murdoch family housekeeper, Blanca Simpson. Blanca Simpson, big witness. So she testified that Alec was the one who summoned Paul and Maggie back to the house on the night of the murders. 
That is big. That is big. In fact, it seemed Maggie didn't even want to go. She testified that she prepared dinner for the family, but wasn't there to watch them eat. In fact, when she came back to the house the day after the killing, she said it was strange to find pots of the food in the fridge. The family would normally leave everything out. It was also curious that Murdoch asked her to clean the house. There's a murder investigation going on, outstanding question of why he wanted her to do that and how the police would let that happen. She also noted how it was weird to see Maggie's pajamas folded neatly in a doorway. Again, another thing that seemed out of place for the family. But then she notices something else. On the floor next to the shower was um, a slight puddle of water, a towel, and a pair of khaki pants. And then, and then um, as I went to the left to see if there was anything else that was out, I um, looked in the closet, and in the closet was a white, uh, damp towel on the floor. The question of did Alec Murdoch clean his clothes, wash away evidence, maybe get Simpson to clean them, that has become a point of conversation and contention. And by the way, Simpson said she never observed blood on the khaki pants. And the reason this is all important is because in a Snapchat video taken off of Paul's phone about an hour or so before when the prosecutors say the killings took place, you can see Alec Murdoch wearing khaki pants and this seafoam shirt. And that brings me now to this back and forth about what Alec Murdoch was wearing on the day in question and what he was seen wearing in the Snapchat video. (sighs) The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And um, he said, B, I need to talk to you. And uh, he said, come here, sit down. So I went in the living room. I sat down. And he was pacing back and forth in the, in the living room. And he said, I got a bad feeling. He said, I got a bad feeling. He said, something's not right. And then he said, um, he said well, you know, um, there's a... Um, a video, there was a video that was out. I hadn't seen a video. And he said, you remember the shirt I was wearing, that Vinnie Vine shirt? Those were, that's what he said to me. And uh, in my mind, I was saying, I don't remember a Vinnie Vine's shirt. It was the polo shirt. But I didn't mention, he said, well, you know what, I was wearing that shirt, he said, um, you know, in the, um, that day. And still, I I was just, I didn't say anything, but I was kind of thrown back because I don't remember that. I don't remember him wearing that shirt that day when he left. I know what shirt he was wearing because I fixed the collar. 
and the colors are different material. And I don't know what a Vinnie Vine shirt is. But when he left that day, was he wearing a Vinnie Vine shirt? Or was he wearing the collar you've described? It was a polo shirt. Oh, polo shirt. Just using your common sense, did it appear to you he was trying to tell you to say I was yeah, wearing the shirt? Objection is sustained as to the former question. How, how did you take that conversation? I felt like he was. I felt like I felt confused at first and then I know what he was wearing the day he left the house and I was basically confused I didn't really know whether he was trying to get me to say that that shirt was if I was if I was to be asked that if that was a shirt he was wearing the polo shirt that she saw him wearing wasn't the vineyard vine shirt was Alec Murdoch trying to get her to say something, trying to get her to say he was wearing something that he wasn't in that Snapchat video taken from Paul's phone, again, recorded an hour before the killings. That seafoam shirt that he was wearing in that video, by the way, has never been found. And we know that when police were interviewing him later on in the night, he was wearing a white T-shirt and shorts, completely different outfit. Now, Simpson would also provide key testimony as well about Alec and Maggie's relationship. You see, the defense has made the point that the Murdochs were a happy family, that Alec had no reason to kill his wife and son. Well, Simpson provided some interesting insights about that. She was, what was she anxious about? She said she knew the amount of money that they were asking, but she felt that Alec was not being truthful to her with regard to what exactly was going on with that lawsuit. She said, he doesn't tell me everything. So Maggie was seemingly worried about finances in this legal issue. Argument could be maybe things weren't so picture perfect. Maybe she was realizing something was up with Alec. And then there is this. What Simpson discovered in Maggie's car a week after the killings. And what did you find, if anything? Well, she still had um, paint, um, for the Edisto house that she was trying to touch up some areas at the, at the house and Edisto, she had some pillows that she was gonna return. And as I moved the seat to clean, um, to vacuum underneath the, the driver's side seat, I found um, her ring. Now I know married couples that misplace their wedding rings all the time, but given the context of everything, given she didn't wanna come back to the property that night, could it mean something more? Could it mean there was trouble in their relationship? Could it be a motive to kill? I'll tell you, the defense asked for a mistrial at one point when this evidence was coming in. The judge allowed it in. Overall, if you ask me, seemed to be a strong week for the prosecution. Let's see where the case goes next. And that's all we have for you here on Sidebar, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jesse Weber. I'll speak to you next time.